Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Valley Lights Church. My name is Mitchell Spezzaferi, as Bruce said, and um, I have the privilege of sharing a message with you today. Um, I don't normally speak on stage like this. Like you said, this is my first time. Um, this is very new to me. I am not on staff here. I actually just serve as one of the volunteers on church um, on Sunday mornings. Currently, I'm actually finishing a PhD program in clinical neuropsychology. So that means I study how the brain and behavior are connected. Um, each day of my week kind of varies. So some days I'm at the hospital working directly with patients. Other days you might find me in a research lab writing or collecting data. And then sometimes I'm actually teaching in the classroom um, stats and research methods to undergrad students. Um, so basically, every day of my week varies. I do a lot of different things and um, I work with a lot of different types of people. But I'm really excited for this school part of my life to be over shortly um, and kind of move on to the next chapter very soon. So here's a picture of my wife, Marie, and our dog, Pepper. Um, we're both Southern, Cal Southern California natives, and we love doing anything outdoorsy. Um, we met each other in college, and we actually chose to stick around um, after we graduated to get plugged into our church there, Orange Crest Community Church. Um, some mutual friends actually encouraged me to ask Marie out on a date. Um, I was hesitant at first, but eventually I came around. Um, it became really clear that God was moving our lives in our lives in a similar direction while we were dating. Um, I learned a lot of more. I learned that we had a lot more in common than I originally expected, um, and we actually got married about three and a half years ago. But God has continually grown our desire to um, be involved in ministry and sent out by our local church. Um, we didn't know 100% what that meant at the time while we were dating or newly married. Um, but Bruce and Aaron, they announced that they were going to be starting this new church in Santa Clarita. Um, we decided we wanted to learn more about it, and so we applied. Um, we got interviewed, we were accepted, and so we actually joined the team and we moved our lives out here to Santa Clarita to help start this church. None of our family lived here. We had no friends out here besides the launch team that was helping get this church started. And we actually moved further away from our families, which made it more challenging, um, but God, we were convinced that God wanted us to be a part of Valley Lights Church. Um, and we just knew that God wanted us to be a part of it. And so here's a picture of a few people that helped us move out of our place in Riverside to Santa Clarita. Um, we left a community that really loved and supported us. They cared for us well. And we knew that this transition was actually going to bring some difficulties. And so at times, we've experienced some doubts about God's goodness or things that we thought um, would look different. Marie getting a new job here in Santa Clarita actually took a lot longer than we expected. In fact, we moved out here before she had solidified a job, knowing that God would eventually provide. Um, we had to find a place to live. And so our initial thought was, how are we going to afford to live here? It's a bit more expensive in LA County than we were used to in Riverside, but God provided a place for us to live. And then we moved in June of 2020. And so a big thought we had was, how are we going to meet people during this global pandemic? Who's going to want to talk to us? How are we going to make friends? How are we going to connect with people? And personally, I left behind many solid friendships with guys my age and some mentors who had been walking with me in life for many years. And so after moving to Santa Clarita, I really had a strong desire to make some friends with guys outside of our launch team who were my age and who liked doing a lot of outdoorsy things. Um, and I really wanted to connect with guys on a more meaningful level. And so this took a lot of reaching out initially. This took a lot of extending myself. I'm an introvert, and so none of that comes naturally to me. Um, I really, it can be challenging, and it really takes some extension. Um, but for Marie and I, 
We thought we'd be in a different place than we are currently. Um, starting our family has taken a lot longer to, um, than we expected. We, it's taken us longer to get pregnant than we had originally hoped or planned. Um, and it's been difficult. We never thought that we would walk through what we're walking through right now. Um, we didn't plan on waiting this long, and at times that can be really frustrating. And it's brought up a lot of questioning and a lot of doubt. But when difficulty comes, it's common to doubt God's goodness. When bad or when unexpected things happen, um, we sometimes wonder, God, what are you doing? What's going on? Don't you see me struggling down here? Or I wonder, is God even paying attention? Does he know what we're going through? It can make us feel like um, he's left us hanging out to dry at times. And if trouble is very severe or it goes on for a really long time, then some people might even be tempted to walk away from God altogether. Um, the doubts about his goodness, they turn into resentment or unbelief. Their hearts are hardened towards him. But you might be comforted to know that the people of God have been wrestling with these doubts and these difficulties and tensions for centuries. And we're not alone in this, and that brings a lot of comfort. And so when we examine the Bible, we discover this truth. In times of difficulty, we can lean in to God's faithfulness. Whether the difficulty is a minor convenience or a life-threatening problem, we really can lean into God. And so we're going to look at the Bible. Uh, we're going to look into the Bible and examine a few of the ways that we can do that. So here's one way that I've learned to lean into God. I can remember what God has done for me in the past. The truth is, God's already demonstrated his faithfulness multiple times for me in many ways. And so in our current troubles or our current doubts, we oftentimes lose sight of that. And so this writer in the book of Psalms had the very same experience. And so he wrote this song of confidence at a time of crisis for him. And so at first, he kind of starts out in this despairing tone. In verse one, he says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. I sought the Lord in my day of trouble. My hands were continually lifted up all night long. I refused to be comforted. I think of God, I groan, I meditate, my spirit becomes weak. He's groaning and he feels weak. Whatever trouble or affliction that he's walking through right now, he's having a really t hard time reconciling what he's experiencing with God's character, God's goodness. But in verse seven, he actually begins to verbalize some of his doubts about God. And he says, will the Lord reject forever um, and never again show favor? Has his faithfulness ceased forever? Is his promise at the end for all generations? Has, his anger, has he in his anger withheld his compassion? So I'm gonna just move a couple things. I'm getting some feedback here. Great, okay. So in these verses, it seems like God had forgotten all about him. Apparently, God really forgot to be gracious to this guy. But in verse 11, we see that he turns a corner and begins to think differently. Um, in fact, this verse has been particularly helpful for me when I've experienced some of my own doubts. And so in verse 11, it says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all of your work and will meditate on your mighty deeds. And so this verse um, calls to mind the various ways that God has helped and provided for this man and this man's people in the past. God's previous acts of faithfulness actually calm him down and they begin to restore his trust in God um, by continually saying, God, your way is holy. What God is good like God? You are the God who works wonders. 
You revealed his strength among the people. With your power, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Joseph. And so in these last verses, he's actually declaring um, that God is good, God is great, and that he could not hope to comprehend all of the goodness of him. And so in the verses that follow, he describes the surprising examples of God's power as he delivered the Israelites from the most severe of difficulties. And God has indeed led his flock in ancient times amid a landscape of different dangers and trials. And by all of this, this man's mind was comforted, similar to my own. His soul was made calm. God heard his prayer, and God actually gave him peace. I can switch mics if that's easier. We're good? Okay. So in this, he basically declares that God is great. Um, So often, when trouble strikes, we freak out. I do this all the time. We get anxious, we get fearful, we can even isolate from other people, and we can pull away from our community that God has really provided to support us. Um, We forget the countless ways that God has actually provided for us in the past. And we can, but we can intentionally begin to refocus our minds on the things that, are, that he's done to restore our trust that can really help us fight off this doubt. So in the time that we've lived in Santa Clarita, God has demonstrated this in, in many ways. He's demonstrated his character numerous times. But it's, been, it's become an opportunity for us to experience the real a shift from these things being true to these things being real for both Marie and I. I've been walking with God for a number of years, um, but in this season, God has really used that verse in Psalm 77 um, to help me lean into his word more. Not only has this become a solid anchor for me, but it's revealed to me in situations where I'm entirely relying on God to come through. In other words, it's things, when things are completely outside of my control, it's useless for me to try to control them. Uh, it doesn't do me any good. Um, Instead, if we rely on our trust and our faith in God, we can really rely on him and his word and what he's outlined in the Bible. But lately, his faithfulness, or um, though his faithfulness was true, and I understood a lot of these things intellectually. I knew them. I had had memorized some scripture to help me with these things. I knew what God's word said. It It was in my head, but it wasn't changing the way that I operated on a daily basis. Um, So having this head knowledge was helpful, But lately, I've experienced his faithfulness that's felt more real, as he's demonstrated that countless times throughout my life. So here are some examples of what that's been like. Remember my concern about having a lack of friendships early on when we moved here to Santa Clarita? God's provided many more friendships than um, since I've been here. These friendships provided just general encouragement for me, um, but also they're a constant reminder that um, I'm not alone. And so this is actually the first guy that I met in Santa Clarita. His name is Zach. I'm going to just switch mics real quick, make it easier. Perfect. Alrighty. So this is um, my friend Zach. He was the first friend that God provided here in Santa Clarita. Um, A guy my age. And this is actually a picture of us passing out door hangers together for one of our preview services. It was hot. It was sweaty. We had to wear masks at the time. But this allowed us to kind of just chat and get to know one another as we were doing some ministry, serving together. And we got to actually team up with some of the younger boys of our church, too. Zach's been a really steady friend. Um, Later on, God allowed me to lead a Bible study where we got to bring another group of guys in. And this is actually us at the end of the Bible study. Um, We went axe throwing for the first time, which is a ton of fun. 
But this was a deepening of those relationships. Now we're not just doing a fun activity together, but we're reading God's Bible together. We're, we're studying it and we're getting to know it at a different level and learning about how, it's in, how God's using his word to really bring things up in each of our lives. Um, I really like doing some outdoorsy things. And so here's a picture of um, some guys and I tackling a mountain. And so one day we went on a pretty exhausting hike, and, um, but we accomplished it together. We actually ran out of water during this hike. I know, and it was hot. And so we really had to, not ideal, right? I even heard your reaction, like not an ideal situation. It was, it was warm that day. Um, it ended up taking us a lot longer than we expected. Um, we went through our water much more quickly. But what this opportunity provided was for us to not just, um, not just complete this together, but really to encourage and spur one another on to accomplish this, to, to really protect and, and help one another. And so these guys helped me with that. We're all here. We made it out alive just fine. <laughs> And then this last picture is actually um, pretty recent. A group of guys from church went on a backpacking trip up in Big Sur about two weeks ago. And um, this, is, this is Zach, and then you can kind of see it, but Christian's in the background there with the toilet paper around his, <laughs> his neck. He was super prepared. Um, but we actually, we had to work a full day, and so we weren't able to start um, the hike in to camp until late at night. But this was a great opportunity for us to, to spend time in the car, getting to know one another, getting to just kind of hear what God was doing, even before we got to this backpacking trip. Um, so just buying up the opportunity to spend time together. And so these have been very close, deep friendships for me, and I've been able to recognize that God really has provided in this way. And my concern early on, um, has, it's, it's no longer there. God has really restored my faith in him to provide these things. Um, and additionally, since moving further away from our families, it's been more challenging to really get consistent quality time with them. Um, we've had to miss events or um, we haven't been as available as we used to be. It takes us a lot longer drive time to see our families. So this means that time with our families looks different. It's, it's less frequent. Um, but in that, God has offered us opportunities to love and serve them, even though it looks different than we expected. Um, another way we've experienced God's just faithfulness and his provision since moving here is in our finances. Staying within our budget is a consistent stressor for Marie and I. Um, but God has provided numerous times financially. He's included regular opportunities for me to teach, which helps supplement some of our income. And he's provided some research grants that help cover my, my, um, my tuition, which has been helpful. And also, I'm currently navigating how to relate well and to work with my supervisor at work. In general, it's been a challenge, um, but I'm working through these tensions and again, recognizing that even in this, it's an opportunity to trust God and see how God's plans to extend my trust and my reputation um, are really in him throughout this process. He has been a faithful provider in so many ways, and so I know that I can continue to count on him. But there's another aspect of leaning into God's forgiveness that we need to look at. Sometimes circumstances can make us feel like we're totally getting ripped off in life, like we've been dealt a really bad hand, um, or that God has entirely left the scene. He's not around anymore. And so when these kind of doubts come, it feels like God's faithfulness has run out. And so in those moments, we have to boldly declare that my God is good to me and he will not rip me off. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I have to say this out loud simply to know that it's true. Even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment, repeating these words is helpful. Um, because those doubts I have of, of God's goodness and faithfulness, those can be very persuasive. And oftentimes, we might not be aware of the underlying spiritual battle that's going on as well as those thoughts are kind of coming across. Paul was an early church leader who wrote to a group of Christians, 
And he helped um, them become aware of the spiritual battle that maybe they may be experiencing every single day. And so in Ephesians 6.13, he writes this, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in with the evil day, to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. In some verses, that's translated flaming arrows. And so here's a picture of what that could look like. Check out this cool illustration of those verses. So in those flaming arrows that Paul writes about, those are actually those enemy thoughts, or those are those lies from Satan. And those could be things like, God, you've left me hanging. You need, I need to start taking matters into my own hands. I gotta figure this out by myself. Or you're feeling ripped off. You know what, I, I deserve to feel that way. This is exactly right, that's because it's actually happened. I do feel ripped off. Or maybe we're hearing, God doesn't even hear you. Why are you being so foolish to pray to him? Or one that I often hear is, you're the only one going through this. No one else will understand. Those lies and many others, they come streaming in whenever trouble strikes. And you're not sure when it's going to let up. Sometimes it's just a prolonged difficulty that continues and continues. And those darts, they just come flying in periodically. But this verse says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. The way we do that is by declaring, my God is good to me, and he will not rip me off. That is the position of faith that we have to choose as Christians, knowing that that statement is true. So sometimes we need to say it out loud multiple times so that our ears begin to recognize what our mouths are actually saying. And we have every reason, biblically, to stand um, on the truth that God will in fact be faithful. And so here's an illustration of a father using a shield to protect his daughter. And so when we hold up the shield of faith, it might help our spouse or other people in our lives to, to take courage as well. We can help each other out by refusing despair or discouragement um, and those lies. And this is part of what Paul means when he says, stand firm in the evil days. Marie and I take every opportunity we can um, to, to, let one, to let one another know when we're experiencing difficulty, discouragement, or these bombardment of enemy thoughts. Um, we don't do it perfectly, but it does give us an opportunity to come together before God and really declare our trust in him through prayer or reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past. And for me, this is an opportunity that I can recognize that God has provided a spouse for me to really help me in these times of difficulties, for me to share honestly what's going on. And she can encourage me in this process too. One area that we've seen, um, that we've really had to come together is the fact that it's been difficult and it's taken us a lot longer to get pregnant than we expected. This is very real for us. Um, it's been difficult, it's been challenging, um, we've battled discouragement and feeling like we're being ripped off by God. Um, God has helped us come to peace with the timing of the start of our family. Um, but it would be really easy for us to get bitter at God when we're wanting a good thing and it doesn't seem like he's giving it to us. Um, but we know that God is a faithful provider and we have to cling to that. We have to cling to our knowledge and the truth that God will provide for us um, each and every day. But oftentimes, Marie and I need other people to remind us about that. Sometimes even with ourselves, it can, we can feel discouraged. Um, or we might start losing heart or losing hope. But we keep moving forward in faith. Um, and each month, that acts as a reminder of these things. We can either lean in to God's faithfulness or we can begin to tap out. And so the presence of difficulty doesn't mean that God's 
God's faithfulness has left the building. It doesn't mean that it's left our lives. Um, in fact, it may mean that he's working out some good right now in our lives through this prolonged period of trouble. Therefore, we can actually do something really radical in the midst of this trouble. We can express gratitude through the storm. This is something that the world around us would never do. But followers of Christ have a great confidence in God. And so here's a particular verse that's helped me really declare and express gratitude during the storm. It's Romans 8.28. And it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. This verse helps calm me. It helps relieve any anxiety or frustration I'm feeling. It helps, me bring, it helps bring myself back to peace and trust in who God is. Because um, it's easy for me to lose sight of those things. And so all the things that happen in our lives happen under the direction of an infinitely wise and sovereign God. This verse helps remind me that God has an iron grip on the events of history, as well as each and every detail and event in my own life. And he appoints it all to lead up to the salvation of his people that he has chosen to really honor and glorify him. So all of our afflictions, all of our trials, all the pains and calamities that we might experience in life, even though they're numerous and they may seem enduring, um, they are part of God's design. Ultimately, it does contribute to our good. And sometimes that's really hard for me to reconcile. The troubles have helped, the these troubles really help us to stop being so enamored and in love with the world that we live in. Um, this teaches us about our frail and our really transitory condition as we really look to God for support. We look up to our future in heaven. It teaches us to look towards heaven as our final home, bearing up under the trouble that this world creates. And ultimately, it creates a humility and a very patient disposition in us to really walk humbly with God. And so in the midst of trouble, I can actually, I can praise and I can thank God knowing that he will eventually work things out for my good, for our good. And if I do so, I really have to hold firm in my faith with him. And in many ways, followers of Christ are made better, their faith is made stronger when they receive these difficulties that God allows in their lives, and they bear up and lean in. In contrast, people who reject God during trouble, they only become more hardened. They harden their heart and they distance themselves further from God. And so without any faith in God, without trusting in his faithfulness, people can become very bitter when trouble strikes. They see trouble as an unfair punishment, and that produces frustration, anger, and impatience. And so there's a woman who understood this concept very well. Her name is Fanny Crosby, and she was a follower of Christ who lived in the 1800s. Here's a picture of her. So when she was a six-week-old baby, she just had a minor eye infection. Her parents took her to the doctor. The doctor put some medicine in her eyes, insisting that this medicine would actually draw out the infection that was there. Instead, the medicine actually left her blind. Now, just imagine that happening today, right? A simple antibiotic the doctor fails to give, they give the wrong medicine, and it leaves the baby blind for life. Could you imagine the outrage of the parents? Could you imagine the lawsuits that would ensue or the the fines and just all the compensation that would be demanded throughout that person's life because of this doctor's error. But back then, back then, there was nothing that they could do for it. And yet, Fanny grew up with an astonishing faith in God. And at an early age, she developed some really great poetic and musical abilities. 
um, as a young girl, she wrote this poem. Oh, what a happy soul I am, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world, contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind. I cannot and I won't. So in her teenage years at school, she was known as a very warm and exuberant young girl who made friends and wrote poetry and music. And eventually, her talents um, were, became well-known, and she was dubbed the Blind Poetess. In her lifetime, she wrote thousands of hymns, including To God Be the Glory and Our Blessed Assurance. She gave her life to ministry. She did rescue missions in the slums of New York City for many, many years until she, um, she continued working in, in these efforts and writing poetry until she died at the old age of 94. So Fanny had a tremendous impact on this earth, and more than likely, she probably now experiences a great reward in heaven, a great reward in heaven for her faith. For someone who was blind due to medical ignorance, how easy would it be to doubt God's goodness? How easy would it be to say, God, why did you let this happen? Why didn't you prevent that? Why didn't you heal me? How easy to go through life with this undercurrent of resentment and disappointment that's ultimately aimed at God. But she would gladly say, even my blindness, God will work for my good. Could you do that? Could you have that kind of resilient, upbeat faith that we see here? Do you believe that God is big and powerful enough to work through even the most difficult things that are happening in your life right now? Let me tell you, there is no point in trying to avoid trouble. Life is full of it. But the Bible lets us know that trouble can be expected. And whether we're going through trouble or we're about to be going into trouble, as surely as sparks fly from a fire, so trouble is to man. So here's a verse from Job, chapter um, 5, 7, and it says, People are born for trouble as readily as sparks fly up from a fire. So just like we know that sparks always fly up when there's a fire, we know that hard times will always be a part of our lives. The way we respond when trouble strikes, that's what makes the real difference. So if you're walking through difficulties right now, or you might, you might find it helpful to really lean into God's faithfulness, which one of these three ways that we looked at today might help strengthen your own faith? Maybe you'd like to remember what God has done for you in the past. So this could be done in your personal quiet time with God each morning through prayer or through journaling. And sometimes it actually helps to make a bulleted list of all the ways that he has, has surprised you with his provision, with his faithfulness. You actually might be surprised with how quickly you could fill up a page or two just by writing those things out. This exercise you can do with a spouse or with a friend, someone from church. Marie and I have found it really encouraging to tally up all the wins that God has provided for us in the past two years. It helps fight off some of that discouragement. And some of those things have been, God provided a great landlord who worked with us when we signed our first lease, allowed us to really move out here in faith. Um, God provided a job for Marie a couple weeks after we moved out here, not having one when we first landed, but then a couple weeks out really securing that. And even so, she has coworkers in the area that we've been able to connect with and really have a great time with. Um, God has provided a lot of protection over our cars and our finances. Uh, whenever we've seemed to go and visit family, we seem to have car trouble. I don't know what that, that, what that relationship is, but um, God has provided just in numerous ways that we can get there safely, we can get things taken care of, 
Um, and we're really grateful for that. And those are just to name a few. Or maybe a next step this week is you want to develop the habit of declaring verbally, my God, will, my God is good to me and he will not rip me off. There's power in making this bold statement about your trust in God. Let it become a normal thing. It's almost like a mantra that you begin to speak whenever trouble strikes. Because it's normal for us to experience doubts about God's goodness, but we can't entertain those thoughts for long. We've got to put up that shield of faith or else we're going to be skewered with those flaming arrows that the enemy is throwing and sending our way. So those arrows can pierce us and they can leave a really slow burn, that resentment, that frustration that begins to, to boil up. And that leads to mistrust in God um, and even sometimes to anger. But God has given us that shield of faith, like we saw in that illustration, to help protect us um, from getting taken out by the enemy. And so we need to stand firm and really bear up and lean in when trouble comes. Or another next step that might be helpful for you is to express gratitude during the storm. So be grateful in the middle when affliction, being grateful during and in the middle of affliction when it strikes is very counterintuitive. It's very countercultural. Why be, why be glad when the skies are gray, right? Usually we feel a weird sense of satisfaction about complaining or about being discouraged. It's kind of funny. Um, but then we just kind of want to sit in it. And we, we saw that in the, what the psalmist wrote earlier, right? When he says, I refuse to be comforted. Um, but that attitude, it doesn't do any good for us. Um, and it's definitely not good for the relationships and the people around us either. Um, picture Eeyore. No one likes kind of a mopey, dopey person around. It puts a bit of strain on relationships and it can be really exhausting. And besides, the tone of complaint um, it leads us away from God and away from the good things that God has planned for us. God never wastes a hurt. Um, he has a plan for our lives. He has a plan for our trouble and our difficulty even in that. And so he will use and redeem those bad and difficult times and those things that happen to us really for our own, our own growth and for his glory. So when we lean into him, our faith can really blossom even during the storm. So if any of those resonate with you, go ahead and circle one. Take a moment and do that right now. Um, if you'd like to really work on maybe applying one of those to your life this week, even if you're not going through trouble, it's helpful to know that that may be right around the corner. How can you prepare now? Our faithfulness in God has a tendency to waver based on our own life circumstances, but his faithfulness, it never wavers. He's strong and dependable, and I know for a fact that our God can be counted on. We find encouragement from this verse in Psalms. It's Psalms 34, 17, and 18. And it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and rescues them from all of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Um, this verse has made a particularly um, important impact on me when I'm feeling that discouragement and that despair. Um, and in fact, I listen to it as a song that's both helped me um, remember it, but then also sing it as I'm declaring this to God, knowing that he is hearing me. He's hearing me in my difficulty and my discouragement, but he's near and he's going to save those who are crushed in spirit. There's a rich blessing that comes from leaning into God. Uh, whether it, when things get difficult, he knows our pain, he sees our suffering, he sees what we're walking through. He's near to us. He has not left us on our own. He's not, hung, he's not left us hanging out to dry. It's our role to continue to trust in him and really lean in. So let's go ahead and pray together. 
Dear Heavenly Father and gracious God, I thank you just for today. I thank you for the opportunity to come together to worship you um, in song, God, to really just declare your goodness and your faithfulness. God, I thank you for the many ways you provided for our church here at Valley Lights, this building, um, a worship band, um, God, and just the people that are here this Sunday. Thank you for as many ways you've um, let us experience your goodness. God, would you continue to remind us about that? Would you allow us to remember the ways you've provided for us in the past or declare your goodness in the midst of trouble, God, or express gratitude when things are difficult? Ultimately, God, you can help grow and strengthen our faith and bring yourself the glory. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.